Episode 18 of the Koi's R Us or the Koi's R US podcast. I guess it depends on how you like to say it. I'm Joel. I'm here in D.C. We've got Kim in New York. We've got Jesse in Memphis. We've got Ben in Chicago. And we've got a three to one loss on the road to the scum yesterday. By the time you hear this, it'll be two days ago. But, um, you know, we had the podcast before the game, Kim. And I, I didn't really feel too great about it. Um, I had my reservations, but I couldn't bring myself to actually predict us losing. Um, but sure enough, that happened anyway. Our our winless streak away at Emirates continues for another year. Uh, so we're now at 13, I think. Uh, our last home win in the league, uh, our last away win in the league was in 2010. So that that loss streak continues. Um, I don't even know where to start, so I'm going to pass it over to you guys. Um, what was what was the takeaway from this game? Uh, ben, we haven't heard from you in a while, so maybe we'll, we'll start with you. Welcome back to the pod, first of all. Thank you. It's good to be um, back. <clears throat> and I mean, you were away. You were away in Europe, right? Correct. Yeah. To uh, the home of, uh, of Decky for part of it. At least I spent about a week in Sweden and then another week between Norway and Denmark. Um, got into several uh, discussions talking some English football. They are fans over there. Not as many Decky supporters, just bar none as I thought there were. I was hoping there were going to be. But uh, it's it's like how it is here to a degree, right, where if you run into Premier League supporters, it's a little bit more gentle banter than maybe it would be in the UK, where if you see an Arsenal supporter, you might rib them a little bit, but you're just going to end up just talking about the game because there aren't nearly as many of them. It's not quite so personal there. Right. But yeah, no, it was, it was fun overall, but uh, also good to be back. You know how it is on any trip like that. It's a, it's a um, kind of a bittersweet return. So, um, but yeah, as far as the game went, I think it looked like looking at our predictions, we all kind of were wish casting there. I think, I don't think anybody felt super confident um just because of some of the injury problems mainly you know when we saw that decky was going to be out just a couple days before the the match um and then the fact that at least nominally our backup there lucas was also out um we didn't really have a lot of options and it sounded like uh basuma was out last minute as well um so all of a sudden, there was a mini injury crisis. There weren't a, was not a whole lot to select from. I mean, you saw our boy uh, Brian Heal on the bench. Um, I feel like that that probably shows you more than anything the way Conte felt about uh, his depth going into this match. Um, so yeah, it was hard to be positive, but we've 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 been able to to put up some points with pretty poor performances so far. I was hoping that might continue. the The first half actually was somewhat encouraging because after that first fifteen minutes or so, we did you know, make some nice breaks, got some good opportunities. It was really, it was, you know, what, what you see in a lot of games like this, where you, where you let off is uh, the, just that final ball, right? There were a lot of opportunities for a final ball. A lot of it from Sun in particular, it seemed like where he just wasn't able to make that last connection, some heavy, heavy passes. And um, uh, obviously we got the penalty call, which to me sounded looked like a pretty uh, stone cold penalty there. Um We'll get more, I guess, into the, the the impact of the red card, but I don't know that the game kind of fizzled out as soon as the uh, you know they had that early goal that was just chock full of mistakes, especially from Lloris. Then the uh, the red card, which I think is questionable, I would say it's like one of those probably sixty to seventy percent of the time it's probably given as a yellow. Um, 
you get definitely it was a stupid foul either way, right? Like, I mean, why is what is Emerson doing there? Going back, chasing his own player back where he's, he's kind of cornered. Yeah, yeah well, need, we'll get into Emerson in a second, right? but uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, the the mini injury crisis and kind of the lack of depth, and it felt like this summer was all about strengthening the depth and making sure that we had two players in every position to combat this very exact problem so that when we did have guys go down with injury or somebody gets sick or whatever the case may be, we kind of have some support in every role so that we're not scrambling or putting guys out of position. Um, so like it, it is interesting after the summer we've had to this early in the season already be having death conversations. I mean, Jesse, I guess you can jump in here. Like what do you think about our depth, especially looking at not just this game against Arsenal, but some of the other games that we've had this year, like, are we where we need to be? Do you feel as strong about our squad depth as you did at the end of the summer or has that changed at all? I feel better about it than Conte does clearly. I mean, I think that, you know, I'm not Spence's sister on Instagram, but I feel like, you know, like let's (laughs) have, have, give him a look. Like I love Brian Hill. I know he's played absolutely minimal minutes and, a lot of it was Europa, but I remember him just doing stuff that nobody else in the team does when he was there, maybe not as well as everything else. And obviously you've got a, you know, it's a full on game. You can't just have a guy that just comes on and does nothing, you know, does one thing very well. That's the difference between basketball and, and soccer, right? You can put a guy on that, that just shoots threes or just plays defense for a few minutes and then sub him off. You can't do that here, but um yeah, I, I like it better than Conte clearly, but you know, it's a little bit like, you know, Conte right now has a, has a larger closet and more clothes than he had last year, but he doesn't like, you know, several of the shirts still, and he keeps wearing the same outfit. Um, you know, so I think it's kind of like, you gotta, I don't know, iron these clothes out or something, figure it out. Like we need to start using this depth soon. I mean, these, the, the, the upside of, you know, we talked about this just on the, uh, before the pod, but like, the upside of, all right, we can't dwell on this, even though it's a painful North London Derby, because there's a game on Wednesday. Like, these games are coming fast and furious. Tuesday. We've start, Tuesday, we've got to start subbing and and, and uh, a, a taking advantage of the subs, uh, the additional subs, and just, you know, making lineup changes. So, um, you know, and, and the thing is, like, I guess we've been as – results have been as good as they've been, at least in the league – you know, Conte's argument would be like, well, I can't afford to make a sub because we're the stuff that I'm or I can't, you know, make as many changes because the stuff that I'm doing is working. Maybe a loss, you know, the last time we're out in Europa League and the last time is here is like, okay, great. Well, that stuff's not working. Gives him a little bit more freedom to say, okay, we're going to try something different. We're going to throw four in the middle or, or something. If again, the guys are, are are healthy and at least physically fit, if not like optimal performance, you know, you might start a guy, you know, he's only going to give you 50 or 60 as long as people aren't actually hurt, we've got to see it soon. So I am a fan of the depth, obviously Conte, not as big of a fan. I'm not in training every day. I'm not going to pretend that I know what goes on there better than he does, but I think we'll be forced to start seeing some more of that depth here in the, in the coming weeks, especially the closer we get towards that congested, uh, you know, um, October schedule for the break. Well, some good points there, but I also just want to remind you, I don't, I don't know if you remember, but we're actually in the champions league this year. Uh, not the Europa League. I meant so. Brian Hill. The <laughs> only time I remember Brian Hill doing anything was Europa League. Oh, Europa fair enough. Fair like enough. Two fair years enough. ago. I don't think he's played any minutes that I remember this he's year. This was def- like. Definitely has not played at all this year. Yeah, this was like in the Conference League, I think, last year, or if we were in the Conference League last year. And he, would, I remember him just running at defenders. And we were like, oh, wow, that's nice. Like, we didn't know much about him. 
Um, but yeah, no, I, he, he for sure, I don't think has gotten any Champions League minutes, at least significant <laughs> ones to this point. If he does play, I, I imagine it might be in the Carabao Cup. Um, I don't see him playing in the Premier League. Forget Champions League. That's definitely yeah, not I was, happening. I was surprised he didn't go out on loan. I, especially if they're looking for some for him to play for Spurs in the future, you would think they would send him to like the championship or to a lower level Premier League team, but at the very least somewhere in Spain to get some minutes because he still is young. I don't the plan is just to have him be the ultra ultra sub like only if we're in an injury crisis does Brian he'll ever see the light of day and it's probably also in a, a minor cup to your point just it's weird. Well, you know, let's let's go through this game a little bit. I mean, obviously, we have some concerns about um, the rotations and, and Conte's hesitation to do his laundry. Um, we, we also <laughs> have the game against Arsenal where, you know, as a fixture that we haven't done very well in. We, we seem to have been winning games, although we hadn't really been playing that well. Arsenal coming into the game was playing a lot better than we were. Um the game starts out, it's looking pretty similar to most Spurs matches, right? Like we were not looking super convincing. We're kind of giving away possession early in the game. And even when we talked about it last week, Kim, you know, I kind of predicted that there would be a back and forth early in the game. You know, 20, first 20 minutes is probably going to be Arsenal controlling possession. If they get a goal, we have to respond quickly which we did, um, but then the rest of the game kind of uh, went to hell after that. So um, just thinking about how the game went, what was kind of your perspective in terms of tactically what happened? Um, where did it go wrong for us? Where did it go right for Arsenal? Or some of the things that you picked up on in, in the game watching it yesterday? Yeah, so for me, a big thing is, I know Conte didn't want to do it, but I think away at Arsenal would have been the perfect time to <laughs> deploy that 3-5-2 oh, boy. and play those two up front. Play I'm almost tired of talking two. about the 3-5-2. And it's fine. It feels I mean, like every – and I'm not – I know this is not, this is not an indictment on you, but I, I feel like every Spurs fan has been begging for yes. it. And we all know that we're not going to see it. It's so annoying. Uh, but but I, This is the new yeah, version still, of getting Mo to play at Tongi and and, and Celso at the same time, basically. There's got to be one of these for every <laughs> right, season. There's exactly. got to be yeah. something that we always have to talk about. But, but honestly – like you can just look at and and going into the match like when we talked about this last week me you you Odegaard was like maybe injured Zinchenko was also maybe injured Partey was maybe injured like most of the players who played well yesterday might not have played so I was like okay if if those guys don't play then we then I think our midfield is fine like but when you have when you have Partey who is a good defensive midfielder Jaka's like playing further up the pitch. And then you have Odegaard, who's like, it's sort of like him and Jaka are, are sort of the attacking midfielders. And then you have Zinchenko like moving into the midfield. Like he goes in between like left wing back and midfield, back and forth, back and forth. So they're overloading the midfield consistently, getting the ball off us. What we do is we end up playing like 5 4 1 and we end up sitting on our box mm-hmm. the whole match. And like I say, our team is decent at defending, but we're not amazing. And we're kind of getting to the point where I'm seeing this in the same way I saw what Mourinho did. We're like inviting so much pressure onto us that at some mm-hmm. point they're good enough, they will score. So we saw that. 
Leicester has good enough attacking talent to score. They scored two against us. Arsenal, when we had 11 players on the pitch, are good enough to score. They scored two against us. And I think I've been saying this over and over. Like, we need to move ourselves up the pitch just a little bit more. Like, just 10 10 yards. Like, get up the pitch a little bit. Make it so that we're doing the work in the midfield and not on our box. And I, like... I understand he believes in his system, but I think throughout this year, we've seen, we've spent most of our time on our box and yes, we're good at counterattacking, but if all we're doing is counterattacking and the way that Conte likes to do it with his automations and people can look at our tape and say, well, they're going to pass here because this person makes that run. If we can, if, if we're doing that, you don't think people who look at tape are doing the same thing. So we have to, we just have to – we don't have enough creativity in the team. I'll say that. But – Well, you said Conte believes in his system and he's going to stick to it. What about you? Do you do you believe in his system? Wait, I just want to caution, Kim. You better watch out calling Conte a counterattacking coach. He'll freaking subtweet you like nothing on Wednesday. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. Because you know Conte Con- listens to Coys R Us. You know. Con- Wait, does when he subtweet them, he seems more aggressive than that. Oh, no. I mean, he, 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 he – I guess it was a big subtweet video. We- Oh, yeah, yeah. The city game, the city game last year. Yeah. Right. Love it. And, and that's the thing. Okay. So when the passing is working, it doesn't look like a, it, it doesn't look like straight counterattacking when we're able to hold onto the ball. And we did that like a little bit. You could see we got a foothold in the game. And I was like, okay, like, you know, going into coming out of the half, I was actually like, all right, like, I feel like we've shown that we can kind of get a full and, and you could see the possession going to halftime wasn't as flipped as it was in like the first 20 minutes but when Hugo literally spills a ball into his net right after halftime like what the fuck <laughs> yeah that that kind of ruined it he, it kind of it made, he did it, made not it so play, that, he did he did not play well like, when it made it so that we couldn't really see Sorry, I was going to say, I made it so we really couldn't see what Conte's plan was. Like, that happened at such a horrible time for that early early goal to happen and then the red card. And it basically – and we've seen this where we play okay during the first half, try to kind of even it out with counterattacking, and then potentially look more dangerous in the second half. That's what a lot of our games have looked like. I'm not saying that necessarily would have happened, but really bad timing for that and then a red card and then a give giving up a, a goal when you're down to 10 men before you can get the subs on there. I would – I would think, Kim, to your point about playing different formations, like how we, the idea is to defend with five, but attack with only three in defense, right? And those those uh, wing backs push up. <clears throat> it seems like it might make sense to have. Uh, I mean, I, obviously, if Kulu is out, uh, this isn't as as much of a uh, wouldn't work at all. But again, like if we talk about having a creative mid, but how about also? It's I think that Decky could drop back into the midfield a little bit if needed to try to just get that extra man in midfield when you are getting kind of dominated in possession for long periods where you could put an extra man in the midfield. And we obviously know that Kane would do that, but we really don't want him to do that. Um, and then Son, obviously, that's not his game at all. The only player that we have that could do that, I think, is Decky, and he's probably the only one that could play in both the midfield and that front three. So it seems again that both replacing Decky's position as a substitute, like having a good, a better sub for Decky, but then also another creative player, so that we're just not so reliant on one player that has not even been in our squad for a full year. That just it's crazy that that this is. I feel like we've gotten rely as reliant on him as we have in the past been on Kane and Son. 
I know that's obvious that good teams are reliant on their great players. Like what's going to happen if, you know, city lose KDB and uh, Holland, like they're, they're going to be in trouble, but at the same time, we have so little um, margin for air, basically after all the moves we did made both because of Conte's lack of trust, probably in some players, but also just that it seems like we, we got all these players for only one system and there's not really a whole lot of, um, there's just not a lot of dynamism in the team other than a, a couple players and basically Kane and, and Decky, everybody else is kind of one dimensional. But my thing is, is like, we don't have to be like super dynamic. Like we just have to pass decently. Like we're, we're not able to, to link like the midfield to the, to the front line. And part of that is our midfield is like on our own box. So like, they're, can you call them a midfield when they spend most of their time like as as like looking like center backs like the reason Partey had that goal is that our midfield was pushed so far back in our own box that no one was out there to defend him he has like, so much space it was a very quick goal like he got it and he quickly hit it but yes he had so much space and so it's like it's sort of been like ingrained in us it seems like over three years to just defend 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 and I don't think like I think Bentoncourt and Hoiberg can be more adventurous. They've shown that they can be more adventurous. They've shown that they can put decent balls into the box. Let Hoiberg but cook. They're so they're so worried about defending. They're so worried so, about like being back. So like again, that third man in midfield. I'm gonna keep saying it. That third man in midfield allows one of them to push up more often. It just right. does. I mean, and like uh, yeah, I mean, like Basuma back there. He's a good defensive midfielder. Like. That's what he is like. He has he spent most of his time at Brighton last year being the sole defensive midfielder. So the fact that Conte doesn't have the trust in him, I think he just system wise, he doesn't have the trust in him to play that role. And like you said, he said he was injured. I think he might have gone three five two. But Suma didn't have some sort of knock. He said after in his pre post match that he had he had a knock. So like maybe when we Skip had just game. come back, Skip had just come back, hasn't like, had any minutes yet. It. He really. There's kind of a dearth of options there, but he played yesterday, though, a little bit right right at the end. And the hope is that he can play back into form over the next or back into shape, really, in the first place, just over. I mean, so Emerson being out is going to give us it's going to force Conte's hand a little bit at right back. Like, who are we going to see? Is it going to be Doc? Is it going to be we actually going to see Spence get some time or is he just going to move Perisic over there? That's I feel like that's the that would be the most likely based on what we've seen so far is he would just move Parasic over there and then have Seth play on the left. But I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm hoping we'll see Spence and and some Doc get in there. Um, I I'm wondering if he will try to do some things like Kim <laughs> right now. If I what are they saying? Two weeks the deck he's supposed to be out. If that's the case, and Basuma's actually getting to the point where he <clears throat> is getting more familiar with the patterns and skipping back, I think that there's a really good likelihood we will see some of that three-man midfield, and again, seeing somebody else at right back, which I think are probably two of the biggest things that a lot of supporters have been calling for, just because those are kind of the glaring uh, the glaring deficiencies is lack of possession and then lack of any kind of, any kind of attack, basically, from coming from the rear right, right side, almost entirely outside of Decky, right? Well, like, I, I do want to talk about the Emerson red card in a moment, but, you know, all this talk about the midfield, I think, it was particularly glaring in the beginning of the game. Even if I think about the first 20, maybe even 30 minutes, it felt like whenever we got the ball, we were looking to go over the top. We got caught off sides a few times, which is fine if that's the way you're going to play. But 
it almost felt like if we're not going to get the ball over the top, then we're just going to be comfortable just giving them the ball back and giving up possession. Like it, there, there didn't even seem to be much of an option or even an effort to play through the midfield, which is like, why are these guys even out there if you're not even going to try to have them play the ball? Are they just supposed to be two extra defenders? Um, whether or not we're going to play three in the midfield or two in the midfield, like you still have to use your midfield. <laughs> like it, it, it felt to me watching the game yesterday that we were almost ignoring them. And I remember at one point commenting, have our midfielders even touched the ball yet? And maybe they had, and I had overlooked it, but it felt like for the first 15 minutes or so, um, they were completely uninvolved and they were just being expected to defend. So for me, it's, it's, it is a tactical question. But it's also um, not just the way you're set up, but it's like tactically, how are you actually using the ball when you have possession? And I know that we are usually around 40%. Yesterday, we finished with 35% possession. Um, and like, I don't know, that's not a drum I feel like beating anymore because I understand how that goes now. And I know we're not going to maintain possession against Arsenal away. Like, that's fine. But, like, at least try to play a ball to Benton Kerr. At least try to have Hoybier play a pass. But just, like, going over the top with Romero and Dyer every time, it just it felt very defeatist to me, and I didn't, I didn't like that. Uh, here's, a, here's a crazy thought. We know Conte thinks he's incredibly smart. I do, too. But I think no one thinks Conte's as smart as Conte thinks Conte is smart. I wonder if there's almost a little bit of, like, a dummy move here where it was, like, hey, I'm going to put more guys in the midfield so that everyone thinks we're going to play more through the midfield, but it's actually not. We're still going to be just defensive in the midfield, but try to drive some uh, of the Arsenal defense towards that or try to like 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 set it up this way so that, you know, maybe it's getting too cute that it's like so that the other guys, so that they'll, they'll, they'll come out with this lineup and we'll look like we're going to do this, but do that instead. It's a little bit like, a, I think it's like a Lexus commercial that's out right now where there's like, it's all like this in conversation and jargon. And there's like a soccer one. The guy's like inverted fullback and a false nine. What is this? Like maybe Conte is <laughs> getting too cute. And he's like, Hey, I'm going to do this. So everyone thinks I'm going to do that, including the opposing manager and team. But then we're actually going to do this. And, you know, to the point where we never actually got to fully see what the plan was because of the timing of that second goal. It's like, you know, we're about to take a, take a, 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 a person we're recording on a, on a, you know, third or fourth date here to our favorite spot. And then all of a sudden on the way to the bar, we get a piece of bird poop on our best jacket. And then we never get to see, we never get to actually, and it starts raining. We never get to actually play the date, how we wanted to play the date because, you know, some, some fault of our own, some fault of, uh, of the other, of, of uncontrollable circumstances, but we never got to actually see it. So I wonder if, if that was it. I mean, that's the only excuse of just like, like we got to do something in the midfield. We're not, we're not elite everywhere else or not at least playing elite everywhere else. That's what I'm saying. Like, you have to who try. Who cares about the midfield? Right. Yeah. So I, I don't have any metaphors quite as uh, creative as that one there, Jesse, but uh, <laughs> bird poop in the rain will certainly ruin your date. That's for sure. That's Is that a podcast episode title right there? <laughs> it feels like it. It Full is sentence. so far. Oh, we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens. But, <laughs> no, but um, I, what I wonder, and we talked about this a little bit, but if Conte does use the full 90 minutes more than maybe trying to, draw people in with with uh necessarily you know having a, a, a pseudo midfield or something like that I mean I guess he could be doing that as well but it seems like he almost takes first halves I don't want to say for granted but uh he 
he's using that as a way to feel things out and maybe tire out the other team. It just seems like we really don't turn up to a higher gear until the second half. We play almost entirely on the counter for the first half. And then the second half, <clears throat> we'll still look to play that way. But that's when we actually start trying to make a little bit more of our own forays forward without necessarily having invited the pressure and, and, and you know, creating that space beforehand. Yeah, I do wonder I, if it's like a rope-a-dope type of thing. Like yeah, where you're exactly. trying to just get the get the other team to tire themselves out. And then, you know, you're relying on the fact to overextend, overexpose themselves. Yeah. I mean, that's what counter playing counter football, which again, we're we're all going to get swept tweeted by Conte now, but um, (laughs) that it does seem like that's a big part of his game plan, at least in the first half is to see how, how willing the the opposition is to overextend themselves and to try to take those, those hits. And we might, you know, we might concede a goal or two, but we can also also get that in the first half. And then hopefully by the second half, I guess that's where we are taking advantage of the fact that maybe we're not as tired. I I, I don't know all the logic there, but it really seems to be a pattern so far that, that we've kind of followed throughout the season. Yeah. And I think one thing that we haven't talked enough about is, Romero has not looked great this year. I will just put that out there. Um, what was it? The second was it the second goal? Well, he was the one that like back passed it to Hugo that he spilled it. Like Hugo made a save, and Romero just passed it back to him, and it went under him. Um, Can we talk about that for goal. a second? Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, just uh, I I, I want to get back to your Romero point because we know we only get clean sheets when we play Davinson. So, we, you know. <laughs> but that second goal, um, there was a little bit of talk in the pub yesterday when I was watching the match um, about like, obviously, it's a stupid, sloppy goal to concede, particularly in a rivalry der- derby match, derby match. Um, whose fault was it? Was it Romero's fault? Was it Larissa's fault? Was it a little bit of both? Um, it does feel like a little bit of both for me, but for me, I, I put more of the blame on Romero for that goal. Cause I just feel like in that situation, you just have to get rid of the ball, like get it out, get it, get rid of it. Why are you playing a back pass to your goalie in the middle of the box when you have an offensive player on your shoulder? Like it, it didn't make sense to me. Could, should Hugo maybe have saved that? I guess, but like he should have never been in that position for me. So I don't know. I, I think I, it's 50 people's fault. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Say, say that again, Ben. Uh, I was going to say, I agree. I think it was there was uh, uh, guilt to be shared between the two. I think that, to your point, um, Romero's was more of a mental error. So it's like a little less forgivable, I guess, because that just seemed obvious. Like you're saying, it's just to clear it. Hugo, I don't know if that was... I don't think he intended to parry that right back into traffic, obviously. And then obviously his his reaction to having a back pass come at him pretty quickly was not great. Whereas Romero, again, all he had to do is just clear that thing. It Get doesn't matter if you it. give up a corner. It doesn't matter whatever. Yeah, so I, I think I agree overall with you. More on Romero, but shared shared blame. Yeah, and I wanted to make another note. Romero was also basically – he got, like, abused on the third goal, too. Like. <laughs> um, Jaka getting that that hit is like it's partly Romero's fault. Like he was falling over himself trying to defend yeah. him, and yeah. like he like he he honestly just did not play well. <laughs> like and maybe he's Dyer... spooked by all those Sanchez clean sheets. Yeah, I'm telling you, I man. Don't, I don't place. know, but his, like you his can spot, say, his like, spot in is Chelsea, in danger. In the Chelsea match, like he, he 
he almost got a red card in that one. They didn't call that. Like he's he's had some moments this year where I've been like, what are you doing, bro? Um, so I hope he gets it together. Like I think he is a good center back. Um, he's still young, so like you don't you're not your I feel like center backs become their best selves at like 30, honestly, when when they mentally get to a certain place. And I think that's like Dyer's approaching his 30s too. So I feel like you get smarter, you you learn how to deal with situations. It still is like he hasn't played a full Premier League season because he was injured much of last year. So like I, I'm not out on Romero. I just feel like he's got to get his head in the game because when one of your center backs performs like that, it's not just like it's not just that our our front line wasn't doing well. It's not just that our midfield, but we also have to put some of that on our defense. And to me, he was the weak link in terms of Dyer, Longley, and Romero. It was Romero. And like, that's the kind of stuff that you can't happen. That's the kind of stuff that can't happen in a derby. Like you have to play solid defense. (laughs) If you're going to be a team that spends most of their time in defense, like you can't have those kind of lapses. Like you can't be doing those kind of things. Yeah. I think it's both people's fault. Right. I mean, like, it's a lapse. It's absolutely lapse. Like bad decision by Romero, bad, bad, bad brain by Romero, bad body by Hugo, to put it simply. Like he absolutely should have blasted that. Are you body shaming point. Hugo Lloris? Is that what's happening right now? <laughs> bad mental decision uh, <laughs> by um, by Romero. That's my bad captain you're talking about. Physical, by the way. Bad physical decision by Hugo. That's what I say. A mental mistake versus a physical mistake. That's yeah. what it seems like to me for sure. Yep. That's, I mean, that's it. I mean, not that Hugo needs to completely flat out, but like that ball snuck under him. Like I think the bad idea by Romero, but he kept it low so that it was so that Hugo didn't have to be, it didn't pop over him. He kept it low. So again, not knowing each other well enough physically in in those high pressed, high pressure situations of what this person's going to do. Bad decision. Okay. Play once he made the dumb decision by Romero but then bad physical physical reaction or physical play by uh, by Hugo. So um, all around, not great. All right, let's get into it. We've got to talk about the Emerson Royale uh, red card. I'll just start by saying for me, yellow card, seven days of the week. I was shocked because, you know, when the foul happened, I think the camera panned somewhere else. And then when it comes back on the pitch, you see the ref putting the red card back in his pocket. So my initial thought was like, oh, he pulled out the red by accident. He's going to go back in his pocket and pull out the yellow. But then I just see Emerson walking off the pitch, and I'm like, wait a second. Uh, there's no VAR review here. Um, I, I don't know. Dumb foul, 100%. Should it have been a card? 100%. But for me, that's never a red. Um and also, I, I was shocked that there was no VAR involvement. I'm also a little miffed by the fact that there was no, like, review after the game. I'm going to be slightly pissed off if they come out tomorrow and say it's been downgraded to a yellow. Sorry They're about 100% that. They're 100% going to say that. Um, which, like, I, I'll – I mean, I don't know. I, part of me will probably feel better about it because, if, for me, it was such a bad call. Like – Am I way off base here? Is there anything about that foul that could possibly be a red? It's as I, yellow. We've seen, we've seen as... worse calls this year given no card. No, it's it's as yeah. yellow as the snow when I walk my dog. I mean, it's like <laughs> that's a yellow 100% of the time. It's not even an orange. Like, it's not even remotely. It's 
it's 80 yards away from goal or whatever. Like, what are we doing? I mean, it's an, again, dumb, dumb, pointless foul, but it's never, ever, ever a red. And I don't think that they, I don't know all the ins and outs of, uh, of VAR, but I thought that they can only review can, a yellow up to they, red if it was potentially yeah, but, yeah. violent conduct, like, which that's obviously like not a violent you... conduct. But like they, they can I feel view, like they when can the I've karate seen VAR downgrade red cards though, right? I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure VAR was involved. It was just so fast that they uh all right. So this is my take on it. Most of the time it's a yellow. I don't think it's as clear cut as you guys are making it. Don't I get I, I get it. I think it's a yellow, but I think seven or eight times out of ten, that's a yellow, and the and randomly once in a while it gets it's a red. And I don't think it's a it's not a stone cold red. It's it's probably not a great call. It was a high it was a high tackle though. He could have broken his ankle. So technically, that's why it didn't get overturned by Barr. I think it's a bad call on the field, and I think most of the time you see that call to yellow. But I understand why Barr didn't overturn it because it's not a clear and obvious mistake. I mean, that was a high tackle across the guy's shin that had some actual pressure. It was a very stupid tackle, and again, most of the time should be a yellow. But I understand why it was a red. It just is unlucky when it happens to to your team. That's I don't opinion. know, man. I don't know if I agree with that. It, that's not so, a that's not a leg breaking tackle for me. So for just me, high, like though. I look, I looked at the way he ref this game, and for it to be as physical as it was for the first half, absolutely, one hundred percent agree with like that. Your first, not just your first, it's it's your first card is red, yeah. like, bro, like that. I, mean, I agree with one hundred percent. That to me. I, me was like all right you can't you can't like have you're saying this is the way this match is being played and then he changed that and yeah that it just felt like very unfair he knew that was going to be like in a derby that's going to change the match like there's at that point i was like well game over like there's there's nothing else to do here because one arsenal was already on top of the ball <laughs> so they're just going to be even more and on top they were of the already ball. up like, well at that, that at that point it's a 2-1 game and you're sending off a player in a derby, like this is one of the biggest games of the year for the entire league. No, I, I agree. Is that in the context of the game, the way he was calling it, and again, the fact that it's a North London derby, like one of the more intense fixtures of the entire year, every year, that in 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 that context, it's a terrible call. What I was trying to say is in a vacuum, I think that that's like a 70, 30, 80, 20 yellow to red, basically. In, in yeah, a vacuum. I, I, and I think and I called I, it orange still, at the pub. I was like, that's probably an orange card, like. It, I, I could it's a light see. orange. It's a light orange. It was a burnt yeah. orange to Kim. You know, <laughs> yes. it was a no, creamsicle no, you said, to some. You said 70-30. You said 70-30. That's what I said. I'm like, I, 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 I agree, I, though. It's, it's, it's most of the time. I'm just saying it's not a 50-50. It's most of the time going to be a yellow. It's not very often going to be a red. But if they call it a red, I understand why it's not going to get overturned. But I 100% agree that the way he was in the game and then the, that game in particular, that's ridiculous to call that a red at that point. Like I was confused, just like Joel was saying it happened so quickly. And I saw him putting the red back in. I thought the exact same thing is what did he pull out the wrong card by mistake? Uh, it was bizarre call. I wish that VAR would be able to step in, but like I said, I, there was, I guess there, there's no clear and obvious air, right? I'm pretty sure that VAR did step in or that VAR <clears throat> reviewed it. They just didn't say anything about it. It was a very quick review. Yeah, you know what I'd like to know? I'd like there time. to be a crew somewhere. I don't know what if that's a if that's a name in Eastern Europe or something, but I'd like some crew, crew. to have a guy named <laughs> I like a friend, like a like a like a like like a uh uh a tribunal. People. I'd like a group of people to have a friend named Var. And they're just like, <laughs> yeah. you know, whenever somebody does something questionable in the group chat, they're like, Var, we need you. 
Var, come in, come and tell us, come and tell us if uh, if this guy was uh, if that was a that joke was inappropriate. Var, come come decide who's who's tipping on this bill. Well, that's I a think, good idea. I think most most friend groups have have a var. Um, you might you might you might call them something else. Um, the voice of reason. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's yeah, the, there it is. The four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, me over here now. For me, like, I'm not putting this match on the red because I still feel like they played better than us anyway. We were already losing the game. There was no guarantee what would have happened the last 30 minutes like maybe we would have nicked the goal maybe we would have tied the game we probably still weren't going to win um so like i I don't know i'm not putting too much emphasis on that match um on on that one red card but i think for me some of the stuff that we talked about earlier is is a little bit more concerning in terms of the way that we come out in games the way that we give up possession early the way that we ignore our midfield um are these larger concerns like looking on to the rest of the season? Granted, we're only eight games in. We've got 30 more to play. It's a long season. Um, but like, what are you guys feeling right now? And I guess the best way to contextualize this is, is to think about the Tottenham triangle, which we haven't really talked about lately because we've been, we've been kind of tearing it up. But right now uh, after a, a loss to Arsenal, we're probably not in the highest of spirits. And so, um, as a reminder, we've got starting to believe again. We've got getting our hopes up, and we've got um, getting disappointed as the three prongs of the Tottenham triangle. So maybe let's just 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 run through it real quick. Where are you guys on the triangle? You start, Joel. Uh, I, I should start. Uh, I feel like I am. I'm somewhere between disappointed and believing. Um. I'm not fully believing again. My hopes are not up. So I'm, I'm, I'm completely off of that side. But I, I think I'm somewhere between disappointed and believing. In the one sense, the way that we play has not been really all that entertaining or convincing. So I have a lot of concerns about just the sustainability of our style. Um, and like, is this something that we can keep up for 30 more games or is it something that people are going to figure out i'm also have concerns about quite frankly our our uh how we're going to fare in our champions league group which we'll get to later um but i also feel like we do see some things that are really strong right like we we see kane continuing to score we see Kulisevsky doing great things when he when he's available and when he plays. We see Richarlison creating a penalty out of nothing yesterday. Um, we gave up three goals yesterday, but other than that, I think Hugo Lloris has been our best player this season. So, like, there are certain things and certain players that I've seen good things from that I feel like, oh, if we could just turn around these two things, we'll be really good, and then, you know, my hopes will be up. So I can't say I'm disappointed but it's hard to feel like I really believe because I haven't seen us sustain a high level of play. I haven't even seen us sustain a high level of play for a full 90 minute match. Never mind over the course of multiple matches. Go off Joel. So <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm somewhere between disappointed and starting to believe again. I think I'm uh, <clears throat> I'm feeling pretty similar to be honest. I, I'm obviously not super disappointed because of the results we've had. If we've had if we had had poor results, I would be pretty disappointed, obviously, just because 
it seems like we haven't moved on from uh, where we were. Seemed like we were moving up towards the tail end of last season. Maybe things were starting to click. Obviously, we had what seemed like a really successful transfer window, albeit a little disappointed at the end that they didn't make just kind of the last couple moves to potentially get us a little bit more depth up front, especially. Um, but <clears throat> obviously, like I said, we, we've been picking up points. And I, to your point, Joel, it just seems like – while we haven't been looking great, it just it does seem like we're very close. It seems like there are just little tweaks here and there that could really uh, make the team look a whole lot better. Um, if when the, the way that our our forwards have been clicking, it seemed like Sun is just now potentially getting back into form. Um, if Decky can get back quickly without you know a, a kind of extended delay, um, we still have a great you know attacking four that we can rotate between. Um, if we have Skip now coming back and hopefully Basuma is uh, starting to get integrated, you know, the Parasic has looked good on the left back, or, you know, left wing back. Uh, Longley, has, I mean, it's hard to complain about him at all. He's looked pretty solid. I think Davis yeah, I like has been him. out, but yeah, it's, it seems like our defense has been good. The only, I mean, the only, and it's hard to even call it a glaring, but the only kind of glaring weakness is a little bit of that right wing back just because of how reliant Conte's system is on getting offensive production from the wing backs again not a bad player getting overly blamed for a lot of things and uh that I don't think are necessarily on him but I, I would really love to see Spence come in just to see what he's doing and I know that that's uh that's uh yeah. Or Again, even you know what, and I, and I know everybody's yelling for Spence, and not to cut you off, but like I also feel like even Doherty, like I like yeah, someone, yeah. <laughs> someone, and I think now if this red card holds up, and that's why I hope it, it doesn't get, get rescinded. Actually, I kind of hope it doesn't get rescinded, literally to force Conte's hand to have to play either Doc or Spence, and I hope that he doesn't just start playing Parasich on the right. I'm, I'm like being, to God's ears. Yeah, I'm like serious about that. The thing is, is that we're gonna. I think we're just gonna be playing too many games over the next two weeks for Conte to play Parasic four times on the right side. Um, so he's I old. He's almost my age. He needs a day off. Someone else. He's also I just mean, not a right winger. <laughs> like that's the other part of it. It's true, and I'll, I'll say this: like uh, the one thing that I have seen is that, like with um, Parasic, is I do love him, but he, at times, you know certain right wingers can get at him um yeah what you're saying is what you're sure. saying is he's a he's food on defense just go uh, ahead and yeah. Say it. <laughs> yeah just a little I, bit i yeah. really really like him but yeah he he is food on defense so like sometimes and it's sad to say in a game like this i might have started cess just for the physicality of it um there are times where i feel like parasitch is gonna be the be the man but there are other times where i was just like in this game i just don't know if he was the guy that we needed if we're gonna well, defend, pace right if what, you have a really pacey right winger on the other side yeah i mean he's a bit of a finesse player but he's not someone that you want when you know you have to well who was he up against yesterday martinelli was it Saka? No, no, no. He Martin was up Ellie? with Saka. But I yes. will say the thing that they did well was double up on Saka because Saka didn't like go crazy. He went crazy once we lost a man. But I felt like before that, we were keeping Martinelli was the one that was creating all the havoc on the other side. Right. Saka was kind of they kept him kind of quiet, but that's because Longley they were like doubling up on Saka consistently, so they weren't giving him the space to dribble into. So technically, that worked well. Like Conte said, you know, 
Perisic is not, as you say, he's food on defense. So I'm just going to make sure that there's someone else here to double up. So like, that's the kind of stuff that, yes, that stuff will work well, but it's just to me. Yeah. We, we need to start seeing the rotation in the team. Like the rotation has to start to happen. We're going to get into two matches a week for the next six or seven weeks. We have to get more bodies in there because these guys are going to get tired. And one thing that, you know, I don't want to put excuses or anything, but most of our team was away on international duty. Most of Arsenal's team was at their training ground, working with Arteta to play this match. So like, that's one thing that I will take a look at and say, like, you know, we, we have guys that were away that got back on what a Wednesday, Thursday morning, whatever. And those guys started. So like, you know, give guys a rest, let them get get you know time back in their legs make some rotation try to get people fresh and let's just go again like i'm i'm very all right kim enough stalling give us where you are on the triangle come on i'm very much in the same place as everyone else in between being disappointed and starting to believe again because i do see i do see the quality in the squad i do see like what could be but we're not showing it like across the board we're just not showing it so guys just need to play better They, they need to pass better like to me, you you literally if if we if we pass a little better, things look better already. Like we're yeah. it's not that we're not getting in the right positions. It's not like guys aren't making the right runs. Like yeah. guys are playing the right game that Conte's trying to put them out there, but they're just not hitting what they should. And that's a matter of men got to look at themselves and say, y'all got to play better. The team has to play better, and that that's the bottom line. We just didn't play well enough. I don't think it's that our players suck. I don't think it's that we can't play better. It, we just got to do it. And hopefully Conte is like, like in my head, Conte is a guy that can get us to play better. And I, I hope that we, you know, like you said, we see some changes um, and we just give guys a chance who haven't been playing because you don't know what they can do. Well, we don't know what they can do. Conte probably does, but uh like I say, adding, I do think we should see Spence sometime over the next couple of weeks. I just think it, it gives, he's, he's just going to give, I think a little more creativity. He's going to be running at people. He's going to create havoc um, on that side. He, he's like a, he's like a right winger. When he gets up into the box, he will run at you just like Saka does. He will try to take you one-on-one. And that's just not something that we have in terms of that dynamism. On the right what if we're gonna? Right so, <clears throat> I was just gonna say if we're gonna if we're gonna put so many eggs into the counter attacking basket, basically you can't waste chances, right? That's what you saw against Arsenal more than anything is that either you play possession and you move the ball around and you wait for times to really just cut in there and kind of go for the jugular. If you're on the counter attack though, you only get a handful of chances during the, the whole match potentially, or say during the first half, you can't squander four out of five chances if that's all you're getting. So if you're, if you're playing by these narrow margins, you just can't make those kind of mistakes. And again, I, I it was um, the, uh, the match of the day, like the UK version, the clip that was going around on our chat group that, that saw son, <clears throat> I think it was two or three, at least passes just in the first half that were, squandered opportunities and again if you're gonna live the feast or famine you cannot waste those chances it's just that's i i don't know i don't know how else how more clear to say it but basically yeah uh we we need players that are going to get in there like parasitch doesn't waste that royal uh emerson you know he he at best you're gonna get a corner out of him most of the time like just when when he's on the attack it doesn't it doesn't come to anything so if it doesn't fall to our front three 
we have a lot of trouble with that other than Perisic. And again, just getting that many men forward that quickly, um, it's it's hard to capitalize on on that space uh, every single time. I mean, my thing about Spence is <clears throat> if you don't trust him, then at least maybe we need to see Matt Doherty. Um, I, I also feel like we need to at least be able to see what he can do to decide if he's not up to it, if he's not at the level. I imagine that some of those fringe guys like him and maybe Hill and and some of the other players that we haven't really seen a lot of, like Skippy even, um, that we might be able to see them play a little bit more once we're playing some of the uh, Carabao and FA Cup matches. I, I don't imagine we'll see as much rotation as we might like to see um, in the Prem League and in the Champions League. Um, but that said, Jesse, I, I know that you're usually Mr. Optimism. So I'm wondering <laughs> if you're aligned with the rest of us or if you're going to just come out of the blue with 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 top of the triangle uh, aspirations here. No, 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 not top of the triangle. Um, I'm in the you know, I'm I'm more in the corner of the disappointment. Um, you know, I'm not quite to, to starting to believe again. Uh, my hopes. Memphis has changed you. <laughs> you know, it's a different city. My, <laughs> my hopes were high. And then, you know, like my, like my drive on Friday, the things started to go south and um, the whole time. Yeah. yeah I, I started to get towards the, the disappointment. I mean, I, I definitely think that I, I will, I will fly past the start to believe again, you know, as soon as we, score against Heinrich Frankfurt on Tuesday, but um, yeah, definitely just like a disappointing, like, especially like that kind of a a situation, like both in the, in the, in the schedule, like where it's North on Derby, always going to be a game you get jacked up for, especially when you got to, you know, wait two weeks for it on international break. Um, You know, it's early clearly. And and last year's and that they, uh, they delayed only to lose to was, was definitely more significant. Cause it was, you know, with all that on the line, but it's still just like a, this was a, the highest in the table, both teams have been for North London Derby in a very long time. And so there was a lot on the line and, and now I'm in central time zone. Shout out Ben. It's a six 30 wake up. Like uh, yeah, I had driven sucks, all man. day. I was at Thursday night, American football in Cincinnati on, on Friday night. I got, I saw my dolphins lose. I saw Tua have a very, very scary situation. So I was like, then I drove all day Friday and uh, I'm like, all right, the movers are about to get here. I'm in an empty, empty house with my laptop. Thank God we had the internet set up. I'm just watching in my laptop. And I was just like, bring me some joy Spurs, like bring me some sports joy. And, uh, and they did not. And so, you know, losing like that to that team, uh, you know, even though it was on the road and I wasn't, you know, you know, me, I'm like, I was still hopeful. I didn't, I didn't, uh, I wasn't like counting on a win, but yeah, definitely just a disappointing feeling. Like I, I, after the red, I think I said, you know, in my mind and, and, and maybe in the group chat, just like, we're done here. And I was just like, I'm not going to watch the last 20 minutes of this and, and poked my head in and out, you know, a couple of times, saw a free kick, Gil Rye and those kind of things, but nothing else happened. You didn't miss. No, anything. I'm definitely in the corner <laughs> of disappointment right now. Again, I'm going to fly that, you know, a hundred miles an hour to start <laughs> to believe again on, on Tuesday, I hope. But um, yeah, a bit of a, just a real bummer of, again, not having seen the team for a while you know, my own personal things, right. We take, we take what we're, what we're going through or what's going on in our life into, into the games that we're watching. And so, you know, six thirty wake up long trip, long week for me. And then just to have that, you know, I was like, Oh, like, so very, very disappointed um, uh, overall. 
Well, this is the Coys R Us podcast for all of our new followers and listeners. Welcome. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Coys R Us podcast. That's C-O-Y-S-R-U-S podcast. Um, I'm Joel. I'm at Vernon underscore Virgo. Jesse's at Jesse Giorzi and Kim is at I am Kimmy's. Um, we are going to briefly before we wrap up here, preview the next couple of matches. You know, now we're getting into that part of the season where we're, we're playing two games a week, which I think is probably going to be every part of the season this year with the World Cup uh, intervening uh, in, in, in inter intruding, I guess, in the middle of the season this year. Um, so we've got Eintracht Frankfurt in a Champions League match on the road on Tuesday, followed by another game on the road against Brighton on Saturday. So let's start with Frankfurt. Um, let's let's give a quick breakdown here for this team that I don't really know too much about, but they're 4-2-2 two two record in the Bundesliga after eight matches. They have the same record as us in the Champions League group stage. They also lost to Sporting and beat Marseille, which is the same thing that we've done so far. So I think this is a pretty big match for us to at least establish a place in second. Um, I think it's also uh, an opportunity for us to actually win an away game. We've won one Champions League match at home. We had a game away to Sporting Lisbon that we lost. And so this is a game that we, we want to at least get a result on the road with the assumption that we'll win our other two home matches. Um, is there anything else about Eintracht Frankfurt that's worth noting? <laughs> um, a team that I don't know very much about. Um, but like I said, they are currently 4-2-2, two, and two, and they are eighth place in the Bundesliga. Uh, ben, we, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts going into this match, considering both our opponent and our current form? <clears throat> well, like you, I don't know a ton about Frankfurt. Again, I, I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but I believe the, they are the, they, they won the Europa League last year, right? And so that's that was their ticket to the Champions yep, that's, League. That's, and that's how they got in, yep. Yeah, so I mean, <clears throat> I, I doubt they're going to be a pushover. Um, and, and it's gonna, away. It's Europe. It's away. It's That's away. what I was going to say. Yeah, it's and, and European matches. Uh, you know, they don't have the intensity of derbies, but I feel like they have some of the unpredictability. I feel like you do see more upsets in uh, Champions League matches. Maybe it's more of the tournament feel to it. Um, so <clears throat> I'm just going to try to again, kind of at the very least, wish, wish cast. And uh, I don't have a ton of faith in our offense at this point. I'm going to, I guess I'm going to go, I'm just going to go two, one, just, I, I, I wanted to go one, one, but like I said, I'm going to wish cast it, hope for an actual full three points here. I think that we can get it done. I think that we're a better team, but who knows what our lineup's going to look like. It's going to be Emerson again. I'm sure <laughs> That's like he's like number one on the score sheet now after his red card since he's going to be missing from the next uh, few. I mean, he's basically number two after Kane is probably Emerson <laughs> right. on the current score sheet. Um, and then do you want me to go go ahead with Brighton or should we move let's, on? Let's, we'll let's, let's start with Frankfurt and, and then let's yep. see what, what Jesse. Jesse, what do you have for, for uh, the away match to Frankfurt? Uh, I'm going to go 1-0 or 0-1 um, Spurs win. I think, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm obviously a little, little saddened by the uh, the fact that this is the first time I've been in the corner of the triangle and uh, since like January. So I'm gonna go one. I think we'll get one. I don't think it'll be. I think it'll be a bit of a sluggish affair. It'll be a Tuesday that we're gonna look at. Like, why did I have this 
you know, game in the background of my work for this, like, you know, like a 63rd minute and then just hold on. And not that we're going to be holding on for dear life, but they're going to be looking great or whatever. I don't think Anrick Frankfurt is a world beaters, but I think we're generally going to be meh, but, uh, but a win. Yeah. So I'm also going to go to one. Um, I think there will be a bit of a reaction um, after Arsenal. And I think, um, you know, I'm well, what I'm hoping is that we see the team play with a bit more intensity than we did um, against Arsenal. Cause I think part of what I didn't like was Arsenal was literally on top of us. And we, it's like, we, it just like, we couldn't cope with it. Um, and so um, I, I do think, like I don't have too much faith in our defense at this point that we won't leak a goal at some point. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to go two one. Yeah. I, I do feel like these European matches are very unpredictable. Um, I've seen, you know, similar to what you were saying about us kind of just packing in our defense in that kind of seeming to be our, mode of play over the past three years. I've also seen us lose a lot of embarrassing European games over the last three years, uh, whether they were under Jose or Conte. Um, I'm not feeling great about just the way that we're playing right now. Um, I'm not feeling great about the fact that this game is going to be on the road in Germany. And I just, yeah, the offense is not, convincing enough to me to make me feel like we're going to go out there and be able to, to, to do what we need to do. Um, I also think being on the road, the, the home crowd will definitely be up for it. Um, getting to play Spurs in a Champions League match is, is a big game for a group like Frankfurt. And, and I think we'll probably be able to score a goal, but I have not seen enough in the past few games to make me feel super convincing. Obviously we had six goals against Leicester. A lot of that had to do with the fact that we were playing Leicester. Um, I'm going to go one, one. I think it's going to be a draw, Um, but I do feel like we will fare better um, on the following Saturday, which is against Brighton. So I'm going to go with a one, one draw for Frankfurt and then follow that up. Um, on Saturday, we have Brighton, which is another away game. Brighton is is playing really good football right now. They had Graham Potter, who had them just completely humming. Chelsea stole him away, and they said, that's fine. Okay, we're gonna play. Joel, this we're is gonna not play. a Potter podcast, okay? Let's... <laughs> it's not a Potter podcast anymore. He's, he's playing he's for the enemy now. I can't, I can't love on him anymore. But it's obvious that they're in fourth place. For a reason. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that they had a great coach. And that's why Chelsea wanted him. That's that's an objective take, I think. But that said, they go to Liverpool away yesterday and they score three goals and draw without Potter. So they still feel it feels like they still have a lot of confidence. Um, and I think they're going to go into the match next Saturday with them not having any European football to play in the middle of the match. They're going to be preparing for Spurs all week. They're going to be up for that game. And I think they're going to think to themselves, hey, they're they're only three points ahead of us on the table. We beat them and we're tied on points. Uh, they're going to try to win the game. Um, with And they have every right to do that. Um, with that said, I don't think they will beat us. Um, I think after the Arsenal game, after what I anticipate is going to be a little bit of a disappointing performance on the road, um, it's a Frankfurt. I do think we will 
probably come out with a little bit more juice against Brighton. It's a league match. I think Conte has a better handle on how to manage those matches than he does uh, tournaments. And so I'm going to go two. I'm going to go two nil. I'm going to go two nil uh, Brighton. So that's at, well, I guess we'll be away. So it'll be uh, nil two. I, uh, I hope you're right. I, I don't feel quite as confident. I also, like you, uh, was a huge admirer of uh, Grand Potter, less so now that he got snapped up by Chelsea. And my first thinking when Chelsea got him was, God damn it, is Chelsea smart now? Are they going to be savvy now? I was hoping they were going to get Carlo Ancelotti like another time or something like that. Um, don't don't love it that they are actually taking a uh, <clears throat> a shot on a, a coach that has – in my, my point of view, way more upside, but not nearly as much cachet. But uh, as for the Brighton match, I, yeah, I, I feel like that feels like a draw to me. I'm going to go 2-2. Two, two. To be clear, I don't really have any good reason to believe that they're not going to at least score a goal. Um, <laughs> other than the fact that I, I, I do feel like a lot is going to happen this week. Um, I also feel like that Frankfurt match is not going to be we're not going to get out of it what I think we want. I'm not feeling very confident going into that game. And so something is telling me that between that game and the Brighton game on Saturday, um, Conte is going to get into them a little bit, especially if we come out disappointing on the road against Frankfurt. And so that's really my only impetus uh, for, for, for the two, the two nil and, and also just me not wanting to go two one, because I feel like that's, that's the cop out. <laughs> I yeah, I've done that way too many times. And I would I would rather be wrong, to be honest. I would rather be wrong and you'd be right on this one. I don't I don't really care. I'll take the L on our Excel sheet versus uh no, it's, all, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, these results have been all over the place. <laughs> like it's it's just hard this to this is such a difficult team to predict. It feels like we're getting a yeah, different it, it, different uh a different product every every game, not even every week. Yeah, I'm on the draw train for Brighton too. Um, I'm kind of thinking, uh, probably one. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say one one for Brighton. I it, I could I could see it going other ways, obviously, but uh, that's what I'll put my stamp down. And again, hope I'm wrong. Hope we win as well. Um, but I do think we'll probably see that that like drive to play better right after losing to Arsenal more than. I'm what I'm just hoping that it does not take two, um, like two matches for us to figure out that shit wasn't working. <laughs> like I, I hope that you know Conte looks at them and says like, all right, uh, you guys sucked and you guys got to play better, and they actually take it seriously. Because um, to me, like I say, it's 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 like part of it is the system, but part of it is also like responsibility on the players. Like you guys have to play better. You guys have to. Just be better at your jobs, uh, bottom line. I mean, the other thing about the Brighton match is the fact that we know unless that card gets overturned sometime this week, we will have someone else playing at right wing back. So um, please, something is telling me that that is going to be a positive for us. No offense to Emerson, but uh, I think we we need we need to see something a little bit different there. Jesse, what you got? I'm going to go with the with the 1-0 as well. I know, like, absolutely, Brighton's a, a, a difficult team to play against, Potter or not. Um, but uh, I think that, you know, we, we haven't had really any 
rough stretches like of bad results under Conte, except for that March, April, right before we went off and, and won five or six or whatever it was in the year. And Brighton was among those bad results. Um, and so I don't think this is not that we're going to, you know, only ever drop one and then immediately bounce back every time. But I think partly that Conte, obviously the freaking guy reads the internet. Like he knows everyone, what everyone thinks about him in terms of uh, 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 European competitions. He knows that, you know, he, he was, uh, that they had a rough result against um, Brighton last time. And I think that, uh, I think we'll figure it out these next two games again, not that I'm predicting freaking bangers four Oh, nothings or, you know, four, four nothings, but I think we'll, uh, we'll pick up a couple of wins in the next um, 168 hours and, and feel, start to feel good um about it just in time to you know get on a little bit of a run hopefully for uh for the next few games let's put this loss behind us folks we got two games to focus on this week two away matches we need some points come on you spurs come on you spurs come on you spurs